What is up, my Sunlight Samurais, my Andronauts, Alpha Energy Males. In this video, we're going to talk about soy consumption on your testosterone and DHT. Every male out there thinks that soy is the worst thing when it comes to testosterone. So I'm going to give a little bit of nuance and more detail on this to help soothe some fears, but also help to set those cautions into reality. So let's dive in. Right, so this is the article that I wrote a while ago on soy. Shout out to my cover maker, my wife. She's doing, always doing a great job with these covers. All right, so quick recap on soy and the phytoestrogens. As you can see, you get this genistin and diazin, and then the bacteria converts it to genistein and diazin, right? So it changes a little bit, and then it can be even converted further into equal, which is highly estrogenic, very structurally similar to estradiol, as you can see. And only about 50% of the population supposedly converts it into this one. So they're probably hyperestrogenic responders to soy and should be avoiding soy at all costs. So they, um, these isoflavones, dynastine and diazine, resemble uh, 17 beta estradiol, both structurally and functionally. So they're not as potent, but when you consume them in massive amounts, they can have that estrogenic effect. So... Let's look at soy consumption in Asia because a lot of people are like, hey, the Asians consume soy and that's blah, 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 whatever. Right? So when you look at the actual soy consumption in the East and South Asia countries, the isoflavone content is around 20 to 50 milligrams a day on average compared to around 0.15 to 0.3 milligrams in the United States. So they definitely do eat more these isoflavones than in the US. But in context, this is actually not a lot. Right, so according to the Japanese government and food safety commissions, the maximum safe daily isoflavone intake is 70 to 75 milligrams a day. So this is kind of like the safe amount. But uh, so let's look at the risk of soy and phytoestrogen intake. So ma many animal studies have shown that soy consumption lowers testosterone, increases estradiol. This might lead to gyno, loss of libido, erectile dysfunction, fat gain. However, some studies have shown that these findings from animals are not applicable to humans because of differences in isoflavone metabolism between rodents and humans and the excessively high amounts of isoflavones to which the animals are exposed. That's always, that's always the problem when it comes to animal studies. They use amazingly high doses and it's like, hey, look at how bad it is. Like, well, we don't consume those kind of doses. So chill, chill, bro. So should we be worried then, right? So soy consumption in humans. A recent 2021 meta-analysis found that soy consumption had no negative impact on total and free testosterone estradiol is thrown in sexual-binding globinate. Given that the regular soy consumption is low with the average isoflavone intake below 100 mg daily, this might result in a minimal hormonal changes. So the key point here is that 100 mg of isoflavones daily, like when you look at the Japanese, is between 25 and 50 mg, is unlikely to cause hormonal problems. But when you look into a more dose-dependent response, like if you consume more, it will have a negative effect. But you have it, when you have it in moderate amounts, it will not have a negative effect. So two key points here, dose and duration. The longer you use it, the more is going to cause side effects. More is going to lower your testosterone. So there's a few case studies of people having a lot of soy, and this is what happened. So first case study, this guy was only drinking, should I say only, or I don't know. Is this more? Is it a lot or her less? I don't know. 1.3 liters of soy milk on a daily basis. Um, I drink about like one two liters of regular milk a day. So to me, like 1.2 liters of milk is not a lot. So maybe this guy wasn't like drinking a lot of soy milk. Anyway, what happened was he was 54 and he's been drinking this approximately for three years. The amount of isoflavones were like 310 milligrams. So obviously more than the 
Japanese, how much they consumed. He developed the rectal dysfunction and gyno and had very low levels of LH, FSH, and testosterone. As you can see in the May, col May column, uh, LH tanked testosterone 12 nanograms per deciliter. Free testosterone was one, so horribly bad. And he stopped drinking soy milk on his own in June. And then he retested in August and November and next year, uh, January. You can see his testosterone went from 12 all the way back up to 560. So it got like normalized, but his LH went quite freaking high, his LH and FSH. And then free testosterone also continued to go up as he stopped basically drinking the soy milk. So it was reversible changes, but this LH increase is uh, quite uh, sus, very sus, if you ask me. But he was also able to reverse his erectile dysfunction and gyno. Um, but yeah, like... It's quite possible at this dose, 310 milligrams of isoflavones a day to suppress yourself and cause problems. So no, you should not be freaking drinking 1.2 liters of soy milk on a daily basis. You should not even be drinking soy milk, okay? Don't be doing that. All right, so this guy was even more crazy. He was drinking three liters of soy milk on a daily basis. So he was 60 years old, developed a bilateral gyno, erectile dysfunction, decreased libido after drinking uh, almost three liters of soy milk daily. So he, interestingly, had no change in testicular size, no headaches, no visual, visual changes. So he didn't get like a soy mod, if that makes any sense. And no changes in mass, muscular mass or strength. And then um, there were some his testicular, there were some measurements that did on his testicles, uh, chest, abdomen, pelvis area. It was all normal. His estrone and estrotter levels were fourfold above the upper limit. And uh, so he probably tanked his testosterone and his estrogen like spiked like crazy. And then after he discontinued soy milk, his breast tenderness resolved and his estradiol levels uh, concentration slowly returned to normal. So all of these are reversible, but yeah, through drinking that amount of soy milk is going to thank you for sure. All right. So this guy was literally a soy boy because he was a boy and he was consuming soy. So, you know, makes sense. <laughs> anyway, um, an eight-year-old boy, he developed gyno after eating 170 to 240 grams of soy per week. So it was estimated to be around 270 and 440 milligrams of this uh, phytoestrogens per week. So it wasn't even a lot per day, but given that it was so young, he developed issues. So his mom uh, confirmed that it was basically his diet. He was eating soy nuggets, uh, ground beef, soy crumble, uh, vegetarian soy chili. So I think most of his diet consists of soy. And yeah, that gave him a lot of issues. After stopping all of the soy, his unilateral gyno was completely resolved after 10 months. So it takes time to resolve this, probably because he didn't go back to a freaking uh, alpha energy male diet in the first place. So although the amount isn't that much on a daily basis, it's likely that he was a hyper responder to soy as about 50% of the population. But I do think that he would, he would have been able to make a much faster recovery if he were to eat more like meats and organ meats and oysters and eggs and like the good stuff. It can help to increase your testosterone. Right, case study number four, uh, soy-eating vegan. So this guy was 19 years old. He had type 1 diabetes. He was eating a vegetarian diet and lost his libido and experienced erectile dysfunction. He had low total and free testosterone, which normalized after one year of stopping the soy consumption. Luckily, he was able to find his libido because he was lost, you know. He found it and regained his sexual function as well. But yeah, it takes time, it's like one year after stopping soy consumption. But maybe again, he didn't go on the alpha in the Gmail diet. He didn't maximize his testosterone the way he should have. All right, so soy intake on DHT. So here was the very interesting study. They supplemented isoflavone um, called trinovitin. So each tablet contained 40 milligrams of isoflavones extracted from red clover, including dynastine, 
your channel, that's then and something else. Anyway, in this main for three weeks, it didn't lower testosterone or DHT, and actually DHT increased slightly from using the isoflavones. In the study, they compared, um, so in another study, they compared milk protein versus soy protein, so it's like whey versus soy, with low and high isoflavone content. So the soy contained low was 1.6 milligrams. The high was 61 milligrams of isoflavones per day, respectively, for 57 days. Then after 57 days, the testosterone was more or less the same, but DHT was reduced in the soy protein group regardless of the isoflavone content. So this is really key here that some people think it's okay to supplement soy protein that's low in isoflavones, but it's not the isoflavones that seem to have a negative effect on testosterone and DHT, especially if the longer you use it, right? So you can see DHT day one, day 29, day 57, and uh, DHT went from 2,000 and almost 200 to 1,962. So it was like a massive drop, but there was obviously a drop. And uh, testosterone more or less remained the same at like 21 in all of the groups. And you can see in this in the uh, both protein group, the DHT didn't drop. And free testosterone didn't really drop and in none of the groups either. So soy consumption from the protein, even if it's low in isoflavones, can still lower DHT and testosterone. So now let's look at the, um, it's likely not the isoflavones, right? So it's, um, as I mentioned, even though the low isoflavone group, they still experience a decrease in DHT. So let's look at the long-term use of soy. So this study was nice because they used soy uh, as a soy protein, protein isolate containing 70 milligrams per day of isoflavones, like well within the healthy range even. Uh, for 18 months, and so testosterone at baseline was 440, which then decreased by 3%, 6%, 8%, and 13%. So the longer they used it, the bigger the drop. But it was still only like a 14% drop. So that would mean that their testosterone went from 440, basically down to 400 after 18 months, which is not ideal because obviously the longer you're going to use this, the more likely it's going to have negative effects. But I should probably point out that um, it's an isolated form of soy. And when you look at the Japanese people, they don't really eat, you know, back in the day, these highly processed forms of soy. And there's studies to show that the Japanese and the Asian people don't have lower testosterone DHT than the Western people. So it, it's not like the soy is harming them. And then also you can see, so the testosterone did decrease the longer they use it. And the estradiol do seem to have increased as well. Um, all the way up to like 12%. So yeah, that's very bad for the testosterone to estrogen ratio. You can see it started out at nine, the ratio, and then it finished off at minus 26. So the ratio tra changed by 26% in favor for estrogen. So that's really not good. All right, so in summary, I'm basically showing that, you know, if you consume soy every now and again, if you have some sushi, right, you, you dip in some soy sauce, that's completely fine. Occasional use is fine, but the more you use it for the longer term, so that, yeah, as I mentioned, two most important things here, the dose and the duration that you use it for. So the bigger the dose, the more likely it's going to lower it. And for the longer you use it, the more likely it's going to lower it as well. Distortion and DHD. So this is what I'm saying, that if you use it occasionally, it's fine. If you want to have sushi once or twice a week with soy sauce, that's completely fine. But even something as benign as a low isoflavone soy milk or a low isoflavone protein powder, that can still lower your testosterone long-term and unfavorably change your testosterone to estrogen ratio. So yeah, soy can make you a soy boy. 
And it's probably best not to have it on a consistent basis, even if it's benign, benign, low isoflavone content. All right, guys, I hope this video was helpful and I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.